Hey, I'm Johnny King, and I'm a life enthusiast, growth mentor, and lifestyle fulfillment coach, which means I've dedicated my entire life to helping anyone who feels like they're not making the most of their potential to level up and live the extraordinary life of their dreams. You deserve to be the king or queen of your own kingdom, and I'll be alongside to help you be the best version that you can be. I'm psyched that you're here, so let's get to it. It's your friend Johnny King on another episode of Johnny King Show. Thank you for tuning in, and today I'm going to talk about, believe it or not, relationships. Yep, that's right. Uh, Why I enjoy talking about relationships so much is because I don't think you can get through life without having a relationship with something. You are in relationship to something, right? Uh, so today I want to talk about intimate relationships, such as the romantic ones and what creates, uh, stressors and how do relationships eventually begin to break down. And for me, there are five relationship stressors and I want to delve in. So get your pencil piece of paper (laughs) ready uh, and let's do this. So the very first thing that uh, I want to talk about is that, you know, when two people get together and create that lasting connection that's filled with love and passion and excitement, why is it that for, unfortunately, most relationships that I can see, there is uh, something that happens where that spark and that fire, be, it, it, like ex, it gets extinguished, it starts to burn out. Um, and so, why is it that people who at, at one time felt such deep love and attraction and admiration for their partner, in a sh- in a couple of just few short years, find themselves feeling totally alone, totally misunderstood? And like they have emotionally flatlined. Well, I think it's because of these type of stressors. And the very first stage, if you will, or the very first stressor in the five relationship stressors is loss of attraction. Okay, so what is the difference between a friendship and a romance? But like intimacy it's like not only physical intimacy, but it's a level of vulnerability and shared experiences and that level of, you know, attraction, if you will. And another word for this loss of attraction, I refer to it as depolarization. Now, if you think about it, if you want to charge your phone, charge your computer, you want to charge something, you even look uh, below the hood of your car. Uh, you look at a battery, there's always the plus and the minus, right? Everything that creates balance and creates a charge in life requires both a negative and a positive energy. And the masculine and the feminine is no different. And so why depolarization happens is because we get stressed. And I've said this before, that uh, it doesn't matter whether you are in a straight or a gay relationship. 
uh, you know, I talk to my dad about relationships all the time. And even in the relationships that he's been in, there's, there's still always uh, an individual who's a little bit or a lot more hardwired or predominantly feminine and the other one's more masculine. And when we get stressed, the masculine will go feminine and the feminine will go masculine. So many, 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 many years ago, back in the day, back in my 20s, I, let's just be honest, I'll just speak for myself. When, when I got stressed, okay, and I believed that uh, it was my duty to make my woman happy, which, of course, we, you will, I, I can't speak for everyone, I at least now know that's not possible. I mean, it's just not even, it's not that it's not possible, it's just not my responsibility, right? Two interdependent people coming into a relationship who are whole and congruent and happy with the lives that they've chosen, they don't need the other person to fill the other person up. We call that codependent and enmeshed, which I certainly was in past relationships, which is also why I highly recommend that you read Codependency No More um, by... Oh gosh, what's her name? Beetle. Um, I forget. Anyways, just look up codependency no more. Mind blowing. Okay. Depolarization happens when stress happens, like I said, and the person who maybe showed up <laughs> as masculine is now no longer decisive, no longer is like taking. Uh, you know, the leadership role at times. And it's just, instead of just maybe, maybe it's just like, for me, I just became passive. So she'd say, where do you want to go out to dinner? And I'd be like, I don't know. It's like, well, come on, choose something. It's like, no, whatever I choose, you're going to choose differently. So why don't you just choose what you want? You know, it's like, whatever you want, babe. She'd be like, oh, fine. Then we're going to go here. I'm like, fine. Great. Exciting. That'll be awesome. But many times, you know, between the masculine and feminine, the masculine is all about taking things that are really big and minimizing them down so that it can figure out the fastest route from point A to point B. It's always a a kind of a destination-based focus. It's always looking for what's the point, you know, like how are we going to go from where we are to the next waypoint? And uh, it's really good about putting the blinders on. And we all express masculine energy, right? A lot of times business and work day to day is very masculine, right? A lot of times it's like, sorry, it's just business. Like there's no place for emotions. It's just business. The funny thing is though that everything in life (laughs) is actually created out of the feminine. It comes from the womb of the feminine And everything that is wonderful to enjoy is because the feminine is expressed. And the feminine is is very much the opposite, which is it takes things that are small sometimes and and makes them big. It's all about connecting and overflowing and sharing and, and just experiencing. So I don't care if you're talking about art or music or the live arts or stopping to quote unquote smell the roses like that is all about not attempting to to be so mission focused that we're on our way someplace that you actually stop and be present in the moment to enjoy the amazingness of life 
And so you have to constantly, even as a person, you have to constantly be bouncing back and forth between the masculine and the feminine. But I do know, I believe, this is just my belief, that we have never lived in a time of greater um, stress, even though we actually have more abundance than (laughs) any other past generation. I do find that uh, there are more women that are having to live out of their masculine and more men that are choosing to live out of their feminine than any time before. And I think there is a direct correlation as to why there's so many unhappy relationships and why the divorce rate is so high because there's no freaking chemistry. There's no attraction. There's no, you know, (laughs) I was about to go naughty on that, but I won't. Um, And you're probably like, oh, come on, just go there. But anyways, so number one, loss of attraction, depolarization, I've said enough. That's when things first hit, right? There's like a little bit of like, oh, the the spark has just died down because life creates stress. And when we're in stress, such as global pandemics or craziness going on in life, like that's ultimately is the very first thing that, that goes is the loss of attraction. Then we get into the second stressor, which is really all about things that um, that create frustration um, or irritation in our lives. I think about it as the, the four R's, and there's a couple of different versions of the four R's, uh, but it starts off with resistance. And so that first little tiny like bit of resistance is when Maybe your partner says something about a certain story or saying something, you know, at a party and you're like, oh God, I wish they wouldn't bring that up. Like, ugh, you kind of scratch your head, but you don't want to rock the boat. It's really not that big a deal. So you don't say anything, but then over time it keeps happening and that resistance then turns into resentment. Like, damn it. He always says that. He always does that. What the hell, you know, or he only touches me when he wants sex. He doesn't just, you know, hold my hand or give me a hug unless he wants something, you know, and then he only wants sex when it's on his timeline. And then when I want it, he doesn't want it. Or like, you know, you, you know where I'm going. These are just examples, but that resentment can then very quickly turn into rejection, right? Where let's just say intimately, yeah, you might want sex, but because it seems like his sexual preference is always kind of more of that sexual energy. And it's very much like, wham, bam, thank you, man. Like, let's just get to it. And there's no, you know, a lot of times I think about the masculine is like an on and off switch. He's, <laughs> he's either turned on or he's off, right? Um, she could always just be turned on or off if she comes from her masculine core, right? Where the feminine is more like a volume knob. It's got to be like slowly turned up sometimes. Sometimes she's on it. Maybe she's like, the light is on, boom, let's do this. Sometimes it's like you got to warm things up a little bit, right? But if that is not taken into consideration, there can be rejection in there where you're like, you know what? I cannot do this anymore. You're so not connected with me and my needs. Like I'm out. So first was resistance. Then it went to resentment. Then it goes to rejection. And then it goes to repression where it gets so bad that you don't even talk about it anymore. There's just, again, that's like stonewalling. Like you're just done. And I've been in relationships too where we're like, are you okay? Like, you seem like there's something that's going on. And she's like, no, no, you're good. I'm just thinking about things. I'm like, okay, 
And then a month or two later, she wants out of the relationship. I'm like, why didn't we talk about this? So I can speak from my example. And it kind of sounds like, you know, I never feel these things. I have totally done these things. Trust me. And, and too many times. Trust me. But uh, it's easier for me to kind of speak from the receiving end because it's like it's easier to see it in other people than it is to see it in ourselves, correct? But yes, I do these things absolutely. So number one, loss of attraction. Number two is like the four R's, resistance, resentment, rejection, repression, or that last one could be revenge where you're actually going out to like, you know, create a complete lose-lose in the relationship. Number three is where there's loss of physical passion when you're no longer open you're no longer passionate, and there is no flowing between the two, right? I've been in relationships where I can look at, uh, at my lady across the room and just make eye contact with her, and we have like an entire conversation. And then next thing you know, without even saying anything, we're putting on our jackets and we're heading out the door. <laughs> you know, it's, when you really know someone well, uh, a lot of times the communication doesn't even have to be words, right? So... That third stage, though, if you will, that third relationship stressor, that loss of physical passion is the result of number two, you know, and number one. It's just kind of a stacking, if you will, an emotional stacking to where you're just, you've lost any physical passion or attraction. And so number four is then where there's just loss of commitment, where you're just like, you know what, Um, if there's a lack of attention and passion here, I'm just no longer really committed to understanding my significant other. And I'm not necessarily talking about commitment in terms of like, oh, now you're just going out cheating. Although that does certainly show up, whether it be physical cheating or emotional cheating. Um, however you, you slice it, it's more or less a, a loss of commitment to wanting to make it work, essentially. Okay. Because you have lost that, uh, that sense that they even care about you and vice versa, right? It goes both ways. And that's the challenge is that once that happens, then your meaning-making machine, that thing that we call a brain that's between your two ears, goes into story time. And it just starts to create a story of incompatibility, you know? And so um, the, the truth is, that there can be no real story of compatibility between two people if they're not actually meeting each other's needs um, and and choosing to do that on a daily basis. And I fell into that habit or that bad uh, kind of, yeah, just habit, if you will, where I just, I've been in a place where I was taking my, my significant other for granted. Um, and again, stresses of making money, working, traveling, all of the things that you have to do through life, I wasn't focused on creating magic moments like I did at the beginning. <laughs> if, if you just kept on doing the things that you did in the beginning, we'd have a lot more successful relationships uh, in this world than we actually do. And so I have been both the, on the receiving end and the you know, creating end of stories of incompatibility. I've sat down with past girlfriends, those that I have been in relationship with, and asked them, you know, what is their story about, (laughs) you know, that you tell people as to why we didn't work out. And it's funny how that story 
at least in the times that I've done this, I've probably done this with like three different um, ex-girlfriends that uh, the story was more or less um, a house of cards. Because as I started kind of poking at him, like, well, but remember this, remember, like, oh, yeah. But I mean, like, and the funny thing is, is once you start that momentum of like, you know, loss of, of commitment and then kind of creating that story of incompatibility, the whole rationalization of, of facts kind of goes out the window. It's just like, it's like a snowball just gaining momentum. It's like, you know what, whatever, uh, another one bites the dust. I'm just, I'm, I'm going to go out and I'm going to find the next person. I'm done with that one. And unfortunately, we take us with us as well as our limiting beliefs and our crappy behaviors. <laughs> and uh, it just takes some humility sometimes to start realizing that we are the common denominator. And that's not to beat ourselves up, but it's only to have us pause and say, okay, I keep doing the same things while expecting different results. What needs to change? You know, and maybe it's when, when things get hot and we feel like we actually want to turn our back to it and, and run away because it's painful. Sometimes that's actually the thing that you need to do. <laughs> that's the, the, the signpost or the flag stuck in the ground that says step into the fire. You know, um, I feel like so many things when it comes to life uh, that are worthwhile are counterintuitive to our primal brain, right? Like I'm in the gym, I'm lifting, now my muscles are burning, I want to put this heavy thing down, but the more I fight through the pain, the stronger I get. It's no different in business, in entrepreneurship, in probably raising children from what I've seen, uh, and in intimate relationships especially. The very time that you want to walk out and be like, F this, I'm out is exactly when you have to catch yourself. And of course, this is so easy to say in the moment when you're heated up, that is where you have to be practicing this, uh, this practice, if you will, of empathy and love and abundance and, and just knowing someone's true intent that is not malicious, that they are open, that they do love you and you know, sometimes it's okay. Go take time, five minutes, 15 minutes, but it doesn't have to be that long. It doesn't have to be days of not speaking to your significant other before you say, you know what? I'm sorry. I lost my cool. I said some things I didn't mean to say, like, don't even go there. And that's one big, big recommendation. And something that I gratefully has never, it wasn't something that was shown in my household, um, was to, you know, use, expletives or calling, you know, someone I'm in relationship with names. It just never goes anywhere. You know, it just, that, that, that starts playing very much below the line, if you will. If you don't know what that means, go back to one of my previous episodes about playing below the line. So in wrapping this all up, stress as best as you can be at becoming more and more emotionally fit such that when stress hits, like again, in the gym, we call that resistance training because you are creating resistance, which creates growth and strength. Life naturally offers resistance and stress. If we're always looking to avoid it and get away from it, you're never growing. And in fact, you're going to continue to have (laughs) kind of what you resist persists. If you're resisting actually resistance, 
it's going to keep going. If you step into the fire, guess what? It's extinguished on the other side. You can actually move faster through the fire if you actually face it with courage than if you walk away from it. So just as a little quick synopsis, last uh, five relationship stressors here. The very first one is the loss of attraction. Number two is where irritation and frustration kind of take hold and then you start to stack emotionally and you did this and you did this and you've done this and it's been years of this and then eventually you start stonewalling and completely shutting down, right? It's the four R's, the resistance, the resentment, the rejection, the repression or revenge. Third is the loss of physical passion when you just like... You got you got no eyes for your your significant other. <laughs> there is uh, you're no longer open or passionate, um, and there's no flowing of of intimacy and connection between you and your your significant other. And number four is where there's a loss of commitment, where you you don't kind of you just you don't care. You're you're moving on. You're you're done with this. Um, and it's like I don't care. Whatever. You know. You're, you're uh, what's the word? Uh, I forget what the word is, but you just you've just kind of given up caring. And number five, again, is that story of inc- incompatibility. And once you've created that story, man, that's a, that's a pretty tough one to unravel unless you get some quick, immediate help. Um, and again, reading the five love languages oftentimes can be a very good, quick beginner foundation for starting to understand maybe where your, where your significant other is coming from that you didn't... Uh, you couldn't be that you weren't able to perceive at the time. So, hope you enjoy that. That's the five relationship stressors. If you have any questions or thoughts, hit me up on socials because I can talk about this stuff all day long. And it's always more fun when I'm actually talking to someone versus talking to my computer. <laughs> Until next time, we'll talk to you soon. Later. And I want to thank you so much for listening to the Johnny King Show. And hey, if you got something positive from this episode, please subscribe to the show, share it on your favorite social platform, and then tag me in it so I can say hi. It would also mean the world to me if you wrote a review of the show on Apple Podcasts because I read every single one. Do you feel like there's something I could be doing better? Awesome. I totally thrive on constructive feedback, and it's always welcome. So if you've got questions or concerns, you can always reach me via email at podcast at johnnyking.com. And then please follow me on Instagram at Johnny King, Facebook.com backslash Johnny King Men's Coach on my YouTube channel and LinkedIn. Thanks again for joining me. I've been Johnny King. You've been amazing. And we'll catch up with you next time. Take care.